Kathy. God bless you. Please turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of Isaiah. The Old Testament book of Isaiah, chapter 26, verse 3. I give myself a title for the message every time. I don't always give it to you. But if you want a title this morning, it's the, the Peace Promised. The Peace Promise. You know, for everything we do with our body, the brain is involved in it. I mean, every function of the motor skills, our speech, and in everything, I mean, the, 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 the brain is the, the nucleus, the mechanics for it all. I mean, without the brain, everything stops. When, when the brain dies, there's no more function. And we can liken this concept of the body and the brain to the mind and to the soul. And in this spiritual process, between the mind and the soul, where we connect this and where this functions properly and is not dysfunctional, it's when the Christian is consistently appraising and evaluating and examining things from God's perspective. Look with me at this one verse this morning. It says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth, in thee. Peace is a rather hard subject to talk about sometimes. I'm not going to say it's easy to explain. I'm not going to stand here and tell you I'm real confident about tackling this subject of peace. It is much easier and better experienced than explained. However, it's, it's our job and it's our duty to share this to study this, to, to learn what we can about this amazing peace of God, this inner tranquility, if you will, this inner security that the child of God can have that no outer circumstances in life can affect, can, can trump, can overcome. It can't happen concerning this peace that we're talking about, and it's something that is found only in God, and it is given only by God. I, I believe whenever the subject of peace comes up, I believe it raises everyone's eyebrow. I believe everyone gets interested in it. Everyone in this world, people, uh, Christians, unsaved people, people of other religions, everybody is, is aroused by this thought of, of peace. It's a, the, the word itself sounds good. Do you have peace? Would you like to have peace in your life? And a lot of people go to all the wrong places to get it. 
and do not understand what true peace is. True peace is not an absence of conflict. True peace is going to be a tranquility in the midst of all that we face in life, no matter what our lot is. We have a peace promise this morning, and it's twofold. We're going to look at a couple of different sides of things this morning. We are going to take a look at God's promise. And we're also going to take a look at our participation in it. We are going to see what God does in this promise. And then we are also going to look at what you and I are to do in this promise. God's promise In the beginning of verse 3, it says, Thou wilt keep him. I love it anytime I come across this word. Peter says that we are kept by the power of God through faith. I'm glad it is not up to me to try to keep my salvation, but we are kept by God. It's a, it's a very encouraging word. It's a very strengthening word because it has the idea of to guard. There is a guarding that takes place from God. He guards our heart and He promises to guard our minds. It is the help He gives. There is a force field, if you will, around us somewhat in that whatever our lot in life is, whatever we go through and whatever we face, there is a limit to what these things can do to us. Don't get me wrong. There are things that we experience and we feel the pain and we go through some suffering sometimes, but there is a limited amount of it whenever we consider a promise of peace that is given to you and I within. This promise of peace, it is available to absolutely everyone. And this peace is going to have a greater effect than any circumstance that you and I might ever face in life. God will keep the parents. The parents who raise their child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The parents who train up their child in the way that they should go when their child decides to get rebellious and go down a dark path. There is a promise that you are going to be kept and your heart will be guarded. When death comes and takes our loved ones, there is a promise of a keeping and a sustaining of you and I as we go through that. There is a promise for you and I when the eviction notice comes, whenever the the divorce contract is served to someone, there is a promise to you and I, a promise of a keeping and a guarding of our hearts. Whenever, Whenever our lifelong spouse is taken to glory and we're left here, A lot of lifelong spouses would like to go shortly thereafter. But that's not always the case. And there is a promise that there is a special season for you. And God will take care of you. And He will guard your heart. And He will guard your mind. We have a blessed promise in our Lord. Don't look 
for this kind of sustaining. Don't listen to the world that's able to get on TV and and sound so educated telling you how to get some kind of peace because this is something that is only given from heaven. It's a product from heaven and it is only given by our Father. Don't, Don't callous up and think that you just need to toughen up to be able to deal with this world. Don't let that be a a, a primary focus of you. It must be God that we go to and His promise that He will keep you and I. There is a sustaining we see here from God. But there's not only a sustaining, there is a state that we come into that we see from God. Thou will keep Him in perfect peace. And that's it. Perfect peace is a state that God has for you and I. Perfect peace. A peace that will reign in your heart and in my heart. God who makes all things work out for the good. This is by a perfect peace that He gives to you and I. He holds the completeness and the wholeness that we need for our lives that many people are searching for in many different places. This perfect peace, it never pauses for intermission. There is no one who is left out of being able to have the perfect peace of God. It's perfect and it surpasses every fear. The perfect peace of God, it surpasses every cause of every fear. There is nothing that can interrupt it. It is trustworthy for you and I to embrace. And it will always be there for you and I. God is so good to you and I. He is better to us and He protects us beyond our deserving. We don't deserve it at all. God is better to us than than people are to us. Easily say amen to that. God is better to us than we are to ourselves. Because how many, as we venture into this today, let us just consider as we go, how many are being fulfilled by this promise of what God offers to all of His children, this Perfect peace. God is good to us. When you go outside and you look up today, I hope the sun is shining. But that's not going to be the only bright thing. You look beyond that and you have a bright, glorious future in store for you by what Jesus Christ has done and promised for His people. He is so good to us all. And if that was the only clause in this promise, if there were no other details, then you and I could just say amen, hallelujah, maybe give a little report of all of God's automatic peace that is perfect and in all of our lives, and then close in prayer, say amen and go home, or beat everyone to the cafeteria or the restaurant today, if that was it. But look, that's not it for you and I. 
There's something within what God has promised you and I. He has His part in it that He does that no one else could possibly do. But I'm telling you this morning that God has made clear a part for you and I as child, children of God concerning His peace. And this is where there comes a division. There's a little division among the people of God sometimes concerning this perfect peace that can be experienced in the life. Because you have some that are not experiencing it. And you have those that are growing in it and walking in the peace of God. But there is a distinction and there is a difference among Christians here. But let's look at our participation as we continue in this one verse. He will keep us in perfect peace. And then we see a focus. And this is our part. Whose mind is stayed on thee. We not only see God's promise here, but we see our participation. Those whose mind is stayed on thee. Does anyone ever stop and think about the battle that goes on in the mind? If nothing else, which it should, any reason we give, but if nothing else would encourage a Christian to be in the Bible every day more, it would be the fact that you wake up to a battle in your mind every day. And it needs to be fought. All the warfare that goes on in the mind. We start out so deceived in many ways, because of what goes on in the mind. So many Christians are defeated before they ever face something that they believe they're about to have to venture into because they have already become defeated in their mind. See, there is a training in the mind. There is something natural that goes on in the mind because of our fallen state in Adam, which everyone in this world enters into. So you don't go through any training for your mind or give any help to your mind, you're going to doubt and you're going to be depressed and you're going to be defeated and we're going to be deceived by others and we can even deceive our own selves. Can I, can I draw your attention to a horrendous battle that goes on in our minds and there's a participation on our part that we have. As we face our difficulties in this fallen world, look, you know what we naturally do? We focus on the problem. A problem arises and that's what we look at. And our mind starts working and that problem gets bigger. And that problem gets bigger. And next thing you know, what is typed in our brain are things like, I can't make this. I will never be able to do this. How am I ever going to get over this? I can't live through this. My family will never be the same again. My marriage will never be restored. These things are constantly going on in the minds of those who are only thinking naturally, who have not entered and engaged in this battle, who have not considered the participation that God calls you and I to. He calls you and I to stay our minds upon Him, to fix our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Look, this isn't rocket science, okay? Whenever the trials come your way and the trials come my way, you don't look at your trial. 
How about looking to Jesus on that cross? How about considering that cross that never gets old? Uh, If I were to have preached nothing but the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone here, and you know the message and you've heard the message, I hope that you would be filled and that I would be filled too. We need to focus on what Jesus Christ has done for you and I. When the trial comes, consider your Savior. When the trial comes, consider the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ who died for our sins, was buried and raised again the third day. You can focus on a victory in your time that you might call yourself a victim. You can focus on the victory that you have in Jesus Christ that the battle has already been won. Yet that battle, yet that battle, we will think in our minds is defeating you and I. And we are defeated. But we must fix our thoughts upon the Lord Jesus Christ. To fix and to stay our minds upon Him. See, we're always training. And we're always developing a process in our minds. We always have a way of thinking that's, that's training us when something comes our way. It's going, it may be positive. It may be negative. It's going to be one way or the other. The way we think about our lot in life as we live life is all going to have to do with where our focus is. Can the people of God Stop with me today and consider our focus in a time of trouble and the mental process that you and I go through. What do we think and where do we go? Do you go to the promises of God, the promise of his stability, the security he gives, the the harmony that is within and, and the rest. Can you rest in your time of need upon the Lord? If you focus on Him and who He is and what He has done and what He has done for you, you can do that very thing through every turn in life. When our focus is on the Lord, there is peace on top of our problem. There is peace that we see, and it's greater than what we can see in our problem. I'm sorry, I just can't see the problem too clearly because I'm overwhelmed by my Father's peace that He has promised me. And all I have to do is look to Jesus. Just look to Him. Just consider all that you know about your Lord and Savior in a time of trouble. We will be restless without it, I guarantee you. How can a Christian sometimes be so miserable? Because we are restless when we are not looking to our Savior. But when we are looking to Him, we shall rest. You and I shall have rest no matter what the problem brings. In the 33rd Psalm, it says, For our... I'm sorry, that's not it. In the third Psalm and the fifth verse, it says, I laid me down and slept. I awaked for the Lord sustained me. There is rest for the child of God. When you lay down to sleep at night, when you claim him, when you go to bed with your mind on him, but also throughout your waking hour, throughout all you go through, 
when things just want to tear you down to the ground and when the trials of life are just trying to toss you around, there is rest. Rest given from God. It will take the quarrel out of our hearts when we rest in Him. When we let His peace rule in our hearts. Look, I'm not standing up here this morning trying to put something on a level that's unobtainable. We need to be serious about the promises of God and consider the fact that they are for you and I. His promises will take care of you and I this morning. In the midst of our calamities, fix your meditation and your focus upon that cruel cross where where your penalty was taken away. Do you understand that this morning? That, that, that you're not facing or possibly going to face that penalty in Christ? He took it away. He, he died for our sins. He died once for all. He made himself a sacrifice for sins once for all. He's not going to come back and do it again. He doesn't have to do it again. He said it is finished upon the cross for you and I. There is victory in that thought. This is obtainable for you and I. We can embrace the promises of God. Take you, a, take you a spiral notebook the size of the, the old phone books that we used to get. And you go through God's Word. And every time you see a promise, when you detect it, you're not going to notice all of them. But the ones you notice and the ones I even can notice and identify, write those promises down. Just take them and start writing in that notebook. You'll never stop. You'll, you'll never fill it up. You'll never, if you live a long, healthy life, you'll write and you'll write until you go to be with the Lord. I, I personally have just a, just that one thing and that one time in my life, which was clearly the, the hardest thing I've ever gone through. And my friend brought me a book of promises. It was scripture. It was King James scripture. And it was verses. And it was all promises. It was all consolidated in a nice book for me. And, I, and nobody told me to do this. And I don't know what to say about it. But, but I just sat down and I, I wrote them. I, I, I wrote them as I read them. And I want to tell you what. It makes a difference. On the mind, that place where all the battles start, that place where discouragement is born and depression just just starts to expand and to grow. Be renewed by the transforming of your minds. Take the word of God and consider it in this battle. We have a part in this situation. We have a part in it. You know, Fanny J. Crosby, she already knew the lyric, Tell Me the Story of Jesus. When she wrote, Tell Me the Story of Jesus, write on my heart every word. 
I guess maybe she sat down and she wanted to write a, a, uh, it was time that she had a hymn on her heart she wanted to write and, and she simply went to the story of Jesus and she had to go no other place. Write on my heart every word. Thy word have I hid in mine heart, the psalmist says. May you and I do that. That is, that is our part in this. We must do everything we can do to stay our minds upon Him. We must train our thought life. We must train our thought life upon Jesus instead of the natural place that it's going to freely and quickly run. I mean, you need to catch it quick. And I need to catch it real fast because naturally our minds will try to go to the worst, most defeated place possible. But may we go through this workout and may we train our minds upon the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this is a peace that is steadily completing the child of God who will, who will take up their end of what God promises. There is a completeness. There is a fulfillment that the child of God is reaching when they obey God's Word and do this in their time of difficulty, in their time of every breath of everyday life. And if that's you, you are the richest soul in this world. Money and material things... That's not our healer for our minds. What's a million dollars going to do for stress, anxiety, and worry? It's not going to buy it off. What are as many material things as you can collect going to do for a troubled spirit? It's not going to take care of it. It's only going to be found in God. He is the only one that we can hope in for this. Let me ask you about that troubled spirit and that anxiety and worry. What about some prayer? What about some praise? And what about some fellowship with the one who is longing for closer and closer relationship with you and I? What about the one who who wants us to draw close to him and he wants to give you and I Perfect peace. That sounds like an offer that I don't see how anyone would refuse. How would we not draw closer to our God who is so good to us? That's our remedy for our time of panic. That is our solution for our time of desperate, destructive decision making. When we, when things seem so urgent and we have to do this and have to do that, the first thought that comes to our mind, if we're not training our minds, it's going to be the wrong thing. We're going to think it's the easy thing, but it's going to end up being the worst thing. We need to do some training upon our minds and have our minds developed according to what God would have us to do with our minds. No matter what happens in our situation, no matter at all. I, I will say this, it, it is a nice help when broken things in life do, do get fixed. 
It's, it's a real nice help. It's a blessing when that happens for you and I. But we must first fix our minds upon Christ's perfection, His passion, and His plan that He has for every single one of us. You all know Jeremiah 29, 11 well. Let us refresh our minds to this. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. God's thoughts of you and I are of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. And that phrase is full of hope. It's about the hope that the child of God has when they leave this life. The last glorious chapter that God has for us. It's, it's, it's peace now though. It's peace now as well. When life tosses us, May we trust the secret of God's working. Joseph did. Joseph really had some jealous brothers. And they threw him in a pit. And he ended up in a palace. And there he was with rags. And he ended up in riches. And you go back and you read about the event of this man of God at that time in his life. And you won't find any fighting. And you won't find any complaining. It's unbelievable. But actually it is believable by this promise that God has. God took him through it. And when they got down to the whole conclusion of the matter, when he was reunited with his brothers whom he had forgiven, he says, Ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. That is only the perfection of God's peace that can take someone through those trials of life that way and they end up not bitter on the other side. They end up not saying, oh, due to a circumstance, I'll never go to church again. They won't say, I'm done with God's house. I'm done with the people of God. They won't say, these things will never work out. For you and I. We not only see a focus here though. We see a faith. Continue with me in verse 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusteth in thee. We are not talking about coming to a place of training ourselves to change our minds in a time of difficulty by our own determination, by, okay, he said it, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to focus. That's where my focus is going to be. God's word says to do it, so I'm going to do it. It's not that easy. It's so easy for someone to try to leave out a step that God has for you and I. But there can't be a focus without a faith. There has to be a faith for this focus. Did you get that in the end? Their mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. We, by faith, came into perfect reconciliation with God through Jesus Christ. I mean, it's a perfect reconciliation. And by, by faith we trusted Him. We didn't walk through hoops. We didn't dunk, our, dunk down in some water. 
We didn't, we didn't quote as many verses as we can. We didn't go to church for 26 Sundays in a row. By faith, you have come into a perfect reconciliation with God through Jesus Christ. And it is by faith that we arrive at this perfect peace. You never have more peace. You can't have any more peace than you receive when you trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It is completely, fully there for you and I. But there is an experience of His peace that you and I might grow into. As you and I grow in faith, we are going to grow into this experience of God's peace. It's going to take trust though. Do you trust that the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus? Now tell me, when, the time, when, when times of trouble come along, does that just somehow get erased and, and washed away for a while? Or is that where our focus is? Is that where our faith is? If I asked you this morning, if, if we were all asked this morning, do you believe that the peace of God that passeth all understanding is going to guard and keep your minds and hearts through all you go through? I, I believe we'd all probably raise our hands. Well, sure, I have to believe that. Do, do you believe it in that time of need? Because it's required to have this faith in order to have this focus in life. Is that where your dependence is? If our dependence is anywhere else, it shall fail. But God will never let us down. The psalmist says, For our heart shall rejoice in Him because we have trusted in His holy name. Do you trust God? For his peace, the peace of God. The peace of God is that sanctifying peace that goes with the believer throughout his or her life when they focus on him. And it's good news. It's great news and it's very encouraging for the Christian. I hope every Christian is encouraged today by knowing that that God, the, that tranquility within, it's going to be with you and it's greater than anything that you can face. The peace of God, if, if we will just focus on Him. And we've shared a lot of good news this morning, but but as I consider in this number, maybe there's one who has never trusted in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. You, you, you doubt relationship and, and the battle in your mind, the battle in someone's mind starts at a time of invitation. They, they, they start to depend on themselves. They start to think and lean toward, I'm a good enough person. Someone received Christ as our Lord and Savior about six months ago. And in the midst of that, before they came to that, that saving knowledge, they said, I've committed sins, but I haven't committed sins that would send me to hell. You understand, before anyone 
ever commits a sin, ever, ever carries out a sin, we're, we're branded with it in Adam. For by one man, sin entered this world, and death has passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift, not, not something you're going to work for, not something you're going to earn, not something you're going to maintain, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe, believe, believe in thine heart, God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. This promise of peace in this life cannot be experienced by you yet if you've never come to peace with God. And everyone is born the enemy of God. Our sins have separated us from God before we ever did a single thing because of Adam. But Romans says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. I'd like to ask somebody this morning. I don't Maybe several. I don't know. Don't try to jump into walking in the peace of God until you have clearly made peace with God. Look, if you're seeking and searching within and, and it's empty and everything's a dead end road, God's just simply trying to talk to your heart to receive His grace, to receive the gift of eternal life. If you will trust Jesus and know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just, just if you're looking for those vital signs within, those spiritual vital signs, and, and just nothing seems to be there, there's no evidence that you have trusted Christ. If you go all the way back to a profession or a baptism, I'm not saying that, that it wasn't true, but I'm saying something that was desperately wrong. You can be sure that you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. The Bible says, these things have I written unto you, that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know you have eternal life. It's as simple as that. Do you know this morning that you know Jesus? If you don't, will you trust Him today? And children of God, may we walk in a greater and greater measure of this, of this promised peace, this, this perfect peace that God has for you and I. There's going to be struggles in this life, but we don't have to struggle as much as we do, I'm afraid, sometimes. Because He has a promise for you and I. Let us, let us take up our participation. Let us do our part that God has given us. Will you, will you put your mind on Him? Will you trust Him? For the one, for the one who's empty of eternal life this morning, would you trust Jesus to save you? It's not rocket science. Jesus saved me from my sins. I need to know you personally. I want to know you personally. I want that peace in my heart as we pray. Father, we come to you this morning. And I thank you for promises that your people can embrace. Dear God, I thank you. That as we consider this battle in our mind, we would lose it without your word. We would lose it without your instructions. But you have unfolded to us the remedy, the help 
that you and I need in our battles. Lord God, as your people are gathered together, Lord, may we look to you. May we look up and not down when those things come along to knock us down. Lord, may we ever embrace your precious son and what he's done for us and that he lives within your people. And dear God, we rely on on nothing but your Holy Spirit and your drawing power for the one who does not know you as Lord and Savior. Your word says that no man cometh unto the Father except that the Father draw him. Lord, I thank you that you're so faithful to show a soul that they are not saved. You showed me, Lord, and I thank you for it. And for the one who might have all their sins washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ and know him personally, we we thank you that you're mighty to save today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.